0: shady you have to promise me that this whole episode we won't talk about stage door for about an hour and you know what let's forget the steps and dance the shit out of it today's movies center stage versus camp Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that likes to answer the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. Uh, My name is John, and I'm definitely not straight. And with me today is the ingenue of of teen movies, Shady.
1: Oh, look at me. I'm blonde, but down to earth.
0: But down, yes.
1: I'm not the bitchy blonde.
0: You're not the bitchy blonde, the but nice you're also, blonde. you're also DTF. Down yeah. to book. <laughs> so we're here to talk about two early 2000s. <laughs> Would you call these teen movies? I would consider them teen movies.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. They, uh,
0: they follow a formula, not the teen movie formula, but it's definitely a teen movie formula.
1: Yeah, I would say they're teen movies that are light dramas instead of outright comedies or like the mm-hmm, overblown, mm-hmm. cruel-intention style drama.
0: Right, yes. <laughs> uh, this is also a suggestion, I believe, from friend of the pod, Lauren Gismondi. So thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Uh, Lauren. So let's get into these movies. Center Stage came out in 2000. That movie is 22 years old, everyone.
1: Oh my God, I saw this in theaters, John.
0: Oh, just wait. Uh, (laughs) It was written, uh, so if, God. So I I know it's been a while since we've done movie deja vu episodes. Uh I still haven't learned how to pronounce last names during our break. So uh we're gonna try with this one and I'm so sorry. Um it center stage was written by Carol Heikinen. Hey 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 hikenen Heikenen
1: I think yeah uh
0: directed by Nicholas Hinter. That's I'm going with it. Sure with it. Uh, For whatever fucking reason, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 42% splat rating. Words. Uh, Metacritic rightfully gave it a 52 out of 100. Okay. So that is is reasonable. I mean, it's it's not the best, but it's not the worst.
1: Right. Definitely middle. Yeah. I, I agree with this breakdown. Out of 33 critic reviews, that's 14 positive, 15 mixed, and only four negative, which seems about right to me.
0: That sounds yeah 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 yeah. And according to IMDb, Shady, I don't know, uh, I didn't give you the outline this episode, so buckle up because IMDb went off the rails on both of these movies. Oh boy! Um, a group of twelve teenagers from various backgrounds enroll at the American Ballet Academy in New York to make it as a ballet as ballet dancers, and each one deals with the problems and stress of training and getting ahead in the world of dance. There were 12. <laughs> I thought we followed like six.
1: Yeah. There was a course. I, I guess, I guess they're surrounded by other people. I Are mean, we counting the extras.
0: Well, so that's the thing. They let in 12 new students. Right. But they already have old students mixed in. Right. That-
1: and we're not following all 12. We're following like four new students two older students and then like on the fringe two other older like students? Like two to
0: three older students. Yeah. yeah. Emily. Poor Emily.
1: Poor Emily. Dear sweet Emily.
0: Just wait until the camp IMDb summary. Great. <laughs> Which is a sexy segue into camp. The movie came out in 2003. This movie is almost 20 years old. I saw this movie in theaters.
1: <laughs> I am- I love that for you. I did not see
0: this movie really <sighs> until college. My, my, I, I remember, you could cut this out if you want, but my friend and I, we heard about this movie because we went to a, a camp for the arts where we grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were like, what? A theater camp movie? Let's go. And so we found it at like uh, an art house cinema you know like the the only place that was playing it in our area and we went and it was glorious and i've i intro i introduced it to my high school and it was great um yes it was all me this
1: (laughs) this and gem in the theaters i'm so jealous of you
0: Mm -hmm. yes I
1: mean, jealous is a very
0: generous term when I'm talking about it. It's a very generous term. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I experienced it on the big screen, as people say.
1: In surround sound, I'm so uh jealous.
0: Uh, Camp was written and directed by Todd Graff. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 64%. So do you agree that Camp should have a higher rating than Center Stage?
1: If, if I'm re- giving them number values, I, I would say center stage has to be the higher value. But given the way that Rotten Tomatoes works as an aggra- aggregator, um, I can see how more people not even liked camp better, but like wanted to support it better because it's so indie.
0: Oh, this is the, this is not the audience review. This is the critic.
1: Point. Right. But right. but critics also like to uplift, you know, underdog movies, indie movies. Mm. So I can see like how some people, how some professional critics would be like, I'm going to try to like really talk up the positive points.
0: And it's interesting because on Metacritic, it doesn't, there's not that big of a difference between them as Rotten Tomatoes. It's a right. 55 out of hundred. That's like three points higher.
1: Yeah. Then and that's
0: center stage.
1: Yeah. And that's out of 32 reviews. So one less than center stage, 17 positive, 12 mixed, and three negative. I think there's something about a scrappy indie movie like this that does win a lot of people over.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: more so than, you know, center stage had studio backing. So it feels like it just in its own form feels a little bit more cynical. I, I also would give center stage a higher score, personal. I
0: change. I would argue in favor of camp because they show you triple threats. Mm. Yeah. Like like those, the actors can carry the, Robin DeJesus and Anna Kendrick, come on. <laughs> come, on.
1: come on. Come on. Granted, yeah, and-
0: center stage has Zoe Saldana, so.
1: Right, but uh, even center stage, I mean, we'll get more into it as we talk about the movies and special features, but even then, most of the cast does their own dancing, but not all of them do their own dancing. Oh,
0: interesting. Um, Yeah. I I can't wait to hear about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but in camp, they do their own dancing and singing.
0: Yes. Yes, they do. And sometimes (laughs) it's not good, but it's okay. Uh, And according to IMDb uh, for camp, (laughs) are you ready? Are you buckled in for this one? am I ready? I don't know. I don't think you're not ready for this. (laughs) After a series of Broadway flops, songwriter Burt Hanley Dixon goes to work at a musical camp for young performers inspired by the kids. He finds an opportunity to regain success by staging an altogether new production. None of that happens. (laughs) Ah. I mean, he does have a, he does have an arc. Where he gets uh-huh. inspired by the kids.
1: It is the C line in this yes. story. <laughs>
0: it is yes. not the main plot. Because our we have a trio of kid leads in Vlad, Ellen, and Michael.
1: I don't <laughs> think like
0: he even shows up for like the first like 20
1: minutes at least, right?
0: Something like that. Yeah. Like it's a while into it. While. So when I read that on IMDb, I was like, who wrote this? Who's saying that Burt Hanley is the lead in this movie?
1: (laughs) That's like, like a better plot, better, but also worse plot summary would be like talking about the little kid who learns how to tap dance,
0: which he's just as important. He's yes. Yeah. Or, or, you know, just saying there's a band at this camp. Like they're all unnamed. I have no idea who plays them, but right. Oh my are. God. Oh my God. Shady. Shady. Can I just say though, right mm-hmm. off the bat, rewatching these movies, like really like reinvigorated me. <laughs> I oh. love, I love them. They're, they're, they're terrible. Like they're terrible. Like, you know, cause they're early 2000s terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
1: they're, they're fo- both of them following a lot of cliches.
0: They follow a lot of cliches, but also we've had 20 years of a, of a conversation socially, mm, where there's mm. some things that I'm just like, okay, this wouldn't fly by now right now, but I mm-hmm. still, I still love it. Like,
1: right, right. I mean, it was incredibly useful, both of them, I think, in different ways. Incredibly progressive for the time that they were made.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes, yes. Very,
1: very appropriate for the conversations we were having on a mass scale at the time.
0: Well, now friends. we are
1: having different conversations. <laughs>
0: Yes, because um, I like watching. Oh, which one was it? Like they both they both tackle similar issues mm-hmm. throughout. Like you know the fact that stereotypically in both fields, uh, the men who partake in ballet and theater are gay, but you know gay until they,
1: proven straight
0: gay until proven straight and then there was the token straight guy in both of well not really but because we had sergey as well but there he he was married so no one really cared about him (laughs) it's all about charlie he
1: he was also russian so that's like an entirely different like culture that he's coming from as far as what's considered masculine
0: god when he played when he said that he was in the mafia, <laughs> fuck it, I love it
1: for the Jersey Girls.
0: Oh my god, I love the, ah oh, this movie's so good. But then yeah. you know, Camp Vlad's character. So I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't think I don't want to say Vlad's bisexual. I don't want to say Vlad's pansexual. I think Vlad is just like if you're into me, I love it. Kind yeah. of sexual
1: he's more me sexual than like Vlad sexual than anything else in a way. Yes. Like, yes. He's Cause a type who uh, we've talked about other characters like this before, but like he gets off on people adoring
0: him. Like, even though he, um, makes out, he, he makes out slash hooks up. Cause it's not really defined. It goes to a blackout with one of them with three, mm-hmm. uh, female campers. And then he, Flirts with Michael the whole time. Mm. And this is, and I'm not talking about, like, shy little awkward flirting. I mean, like, he's very aggressive. Yeah. And so I was like, you, he has a uh, a sort of monologue at the end where he does say that he was questioning things. But I, it's like, are you, though, or are you just, like, not, are you not saying that you're, like, I like people who are into me? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, And it's interesting because, I mean, it really bothers me personally that this is a movie where one of the characters that we're supposed to be rooting for the whole time flat out says bisexuality doesn't exist. And that Mm. never, that never goes challenged. And to be fair, in 2003, that was a very popular opinion that bisexuality is just not really a real thing. It's for people who don't want to admit that they're fully gay yet, blah, 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 whatever. So fair enough for the time period. But um, yeah, it's it's so weird because I kind of want Vlad to be bisexual just in order to challenge that statement. But because that's not really confirmed in any substantial way that he is actually bisexual, I don't every, really know where I'm going.
0: <laughs> every Every time I see this movie... I always yell at certain points, kiss him, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause like at the end when he's wet and he's like tearing over Michael and you know, Michael is just jizzing his pants. I'm like, yeah. just just do it. And then he straddles Michael. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah.
1: Hey everyone! Future Shady popping in from the editing process. After we recorded this episode, John and I discussed it and we decided that it would be best to put a short content warning right here. For about the next 10 minutes of the podcast, we will be discussing how both of these movies tackle body image issues and, in particular, disordered eating. We know that that can be a very tricky subject for some people. So if you're more comfortable skipping ahead to around the 24-minute mark, that's about where we stop that portion of the conversation. Or if you're comfortable listening to it, just know that it is some very sensitive material. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Uh, but also, it, I forgot that both movies tackle body issues. Mm-hmm. Well, not I, I mean, I didn't forget it so much with Kemp because that movie is like burned into my head. <laughs> Uh, it's also
1: such an extreme thing that her father does
0: oh my god he's such an asshole and yeah, i want to, that's I want to um, kick his ass
1: that's so the characters we're talking about is are jenna in camp that's her name correct um whose father has her jaw wired shut all summer so she her
0: parents did
1: yes because the I, mother was okay. for
0: it at the beginning and okay, then at the right. end, and then at the end, the mom was doing the motherly thing where it's like,
1: Oh, you look so good. Yeah.
0: Even though I I, I doubt she lost like a pound. No, she
1: she looked the same, which is fine because she did look great from beginning to end.
0: And she's what they're they're supposed to be what, like 16, 17 years old. They're still a little baby fat. What yeah.
1: They say most of them talk about their junior prom. So I'm assuming the year between junior and senior.
0: Yeah. Between 15 to 17. That's what these kids are supposed to be. So whatever. They're not supposed to have six pack abs. Right. Uh,
1: Yeah. I guess I, I always got the impression that her father was the more domineering parent. So like, even if her mother had objections from the beginning, they would have gone unattended to.
0: Um, Yeah. I was going to say, even the mom is just like, shut the fuck up. She's beautiful. (laughs) Um, we we made this. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then the character in center stage with the weight is obviously there's Emily who her problem is actually that she doesn't have, see a problem with her weight and doesn't see the need to change herself. And that gets her kicked out of the Academy because they want her to change.
0: Well, and then we have Maureen. And then Maureen. Bulimic. Right. But also our lead, Jody,
1: Right. They say body, they point out body issues with her. Um, Which
0: I I I hated. I hated it in both <laughs> movies. Yeah. I'm just like, love who you are. Like mm-hmm. she, can she move? <laughs> that the whole the right. whole time in Center Stage where they talk about where they hound Jodi for her techniques, it's like I it I w I wish we had. Tony and Danielle on for this. Cause we can, I, I would ask them thousands of questions about that. But yep. to, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I guess they're trying to like show how tough they are at this Academy. And then, you know, that, that
1: somebody who we think looks like a perfect ballerina is not perfect enough for them.
0: Right. And, the, and at the, at some point I'm just like, so why did you let her in? That's a really I mean, good
1: question. <laughs>
0: I mean realistically why did you let her in for the movie I understand because you know it's in the script but like
1: well the most we get is at the beginning whoever's like judging her audition or whatever is like they're like listing all the things wrong with her and then the other one's like yeah but just look at her so like I guess it's like you can see how much she enjoys it and that like draws your eye to her but Mm -hmm. then they don't mention like there's no mention of like talking up her stage presence. Like I could see if like they mentioned something about her having like a really great presence or something Mm -hmm. like that on stage, which would make sense that then they're like, all right, so she's a project, but we can work with this. Instead. It's just like, let like tearing her down, criticizing her over and over again. And it's like, you want her to leave. You You want her to leave. Okay, great.
0: Um, I, I, I mean, I also may have accidentally like, added a scene in my in my memory of this where uh when they're sitting her down talking to her about you know uh or no it's uh, she's in the office talking to uh, peter, peter gallagher address. yeah and you know i i i imagined you know he he would have actually been like you paid for the semester we can't kick you out
1: right yeah, like, I was wait-
0: I was just waiting for that.
1: Yeah, something like, well, there's you know this contract that we've signed and we have to hold up our end or something like that.
0: Apparently, I added scenes into both <laughs> movies.
1: But I do want to like touch back real quick on Maureen and her um, issues with bulimia and her body image. So obviously, she's played by Susan May Pratt, who is gorgeous, tall skinny 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 woman um and so part of it is that you definitely get the idea that she thinks she still needs to lose weight in order to be a professional ballet dancer because ballet is notorious for having like very high standards as far as bodies and everything and it's from what i understand not being somebody who's involved in that world it's been getting better in recent years but i'm assuming it was not so good in 2000 no But I think also another thing too, um, a lot of times people who develop eating disorders, it doesn't even have to do with their body image so much as a general sense that they can't control anything in their lives. So they realize, Hey, here's something I can control is what I eat and what I weigh. Um, and so in a way it's, they become obsessed with their weight, but it's not because they were obsessed with their weight before or had an issue with their weight before. It's just because that's become a thing that I can control this when In actuality, you really can't. Um, And I feel like Maureen has lost all other sense of control because her mother is very domineering, Mm -hmm. which kind of parallels what's happening with Jenna with her very domineering father who had her jaw wired shut. And then both of them have this big moment at the end of the movie, when everybody's performing something, where they make a bold statement to their their respective
0: p- parents
1: parents, yeah, um, about controlling their own destiny, basically, and going after what they want for their lives and not what their parents want. And what's interesting to me is that Jenna does that by performing. Maureen Your does song.
0: through <laughs> song.
1: Maureen does that by not performing. So they do the opposite thing. Mm. Kind of a stretch. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Um I I do wonder though. I don't think Maureen it, was bulimic because she was wants to lose weight. I think she was bulimic because she was indulging in greasy, fatty foods and she okay. doesn't want to gain weight. Okay. That's so, how i um, read a it.
1: maintenance thing. That makes yes. sense. Yes. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, cuz you know there's that uh, when she's at she the goes, bowling alley and yeah. she has and she has the pizza. It, she's looking at it like you know how to. What is this foreign object? I've never seen it before. She's like scared
1: that, to touch it, it and it just looks like shitty bowling alley pizza.
0: It's it, but that's what it is. It's shitty bowling alley pizza, and she doesn't want to you know gain the fat. So when she throws up after that i i that's what i feel like the movie is saying that she is when she goes out with jim she's indulging on things that she doesn't normally eat, and then you know she feels like she has to throw it up afterwards because she doesn't want to gain an ounce
1: yeah no that that makes a ton of sense um i think also like that whole plot is just kind of a way of externalizing her internal struggle where she can't the way her life has been laid out for her she can't possibly balance her ballet life with a healthy social life outside of that. So like mm. in a way it kind of manifests in this physical way where she is making herself sick by trying to do regular social things.
0: You know what's really interesting now that we're talk <laughs> we're, we're talking about this and <laughs> I I had this thought while while re-watching Camp um, where the locations are treated very differently. So like, Mm. uh, uh, what is it called? American uh, American Ballet Academy. It's a very toxic environment. Mm -hmm. Whereas Camp Ovation is a very like home. It's... It's It's,
1: liberating for them.
0: It's liberate. It's like, even Michael has that monologue where he was like, while I was getting beaten up while wearing a dress to junior prom, I went here. Like my brain went here. So it's, it's very fascinating too, that like, you know these are two institutions that are there to train I wanna say the youth.
1: Yeah, we, there is no indication how old they're supposed to be in center stage.
0: I'm hoping at least 18. Go-
1: yes. <laughs> because a, lo- a lot of that movie takes a much darker edge if they're underage.
0: I have hoping at least, this- at yeah. least Joy to say her is 18 years old.
1: I have always presumed it was like sort of a, like almost like a college program, like uh, for college age people, I mean. But
0: that's the weird thing. When you go into a ballet company, from my knowledge, you wanna go in there like young. So this way you work your way up from like the kid's core to the ballet core to maybe a principal, or um, I forget what the other one is, not necessarily a principal, but like a secondary principal, I forget what that's called, but you know, yeah, a featured that's it, a featured or some sort of name because like the ballet career is very short. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's because you're, 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 it's a sport. I'm calling it a sport. No, it is. And it
1: it is much tougher on the body than most other sports.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the two of us are not dancers. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) And like, they they have very different environments too. Cause like when the, when they leave ABA to go to the salsa club, like Mm -hmm. they are having fun they are living their best life. They're in New York City yeah. and we barely see New York City. We only see Lincoln Center, yeah. which is very f- fascinating. But then when we're at Camp Ovation, first of all, this camp is huge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they let these kids do whatever they want. There, is, there
1: is one counselor in the movie. One counselor. There's is a a bunch a counselor of,
0: or director? There, like no, like the camp director
1: there's a camp director there's we see somebody who's office staff. oh presumably, buddy but there's the sports counselor there's one person who is specifically designated as a counselor
0: oh my god
1: and it's as a running gag about how nobody does yes. sports
0: oh boy oh but yeah boy
1: That's really interesting that you brought that up. I didn't even really think about that too much that like the source of the problems for most of the cast of center stage is the Academy itself uh, and Mm -hmm. its culture. And uh, for the kids in at camp ovation, camp ovation is a release from the worst parts of their problems.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, it's,
1: it's the, uh, huh. the, the jazz class that Jody goes to
0: that too. Yes. <laughs> where It's the jazz, Yes. Where everyone's kissing each other and they're yeah. all having fun. And, the and best she's like, Oh, teacher. right.
1: Best dance, dance teacher of all time. Um, and, uh, she like remembers, Oh yeah. Dancing's supposed to be fun. I do mm-hmm. this because I like it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And then uh, she hooks up with, uh, one of her superiors uh, and he treats her like shit. And it's, you know, questionable on his part, not on her part. She's an innocent in this.
0: She is. And you know what, you bring up uh, the sexy segue to to a fascinating point as well, where like the relationship between adult and student.
1: Mm,
0: Yes. Are very different in both movies because in center stage, this, the, the, the students, you know, Joy, Joy, Joydy? Yeah. Joydy uh, Jody, Charlie, Eva, all of them. They're, they're like. Almost 20. We'll say they're like, Oh, right. Older teens, older teens, definitely not in high school. Right. C- uh, in camp, they are kids you know yeah. they are still in high school and everything and, and they're and so, played
1: by kids so they really
0: look it oh I was gonna say that how dare you oh, take I'm words sorry? Right out of my mouth no 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 it, well, but it's great because you know in stage, they're clearly like 20 somethings yeah
1: yeah they're playing, they're, they're playing younger they're playing younger they're still playing like legal adults you know fingers crossed
0: <laughs> at least um. 18 <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like clearly people with less life experience than those actors have.
0: Yeah. And so like, because they are, I will say, quote, closer in age, end quote, to their instructors, than you know, the kids in camp to Mm. Bert, um, they have a different attitude towards them. And then like in camp, Vlad is the only one that really has a dynamic with Bert. Yes. I mean, he Bert, Bert's come to Jesus moment with the rest with the with the kids, where he's like uh, teenage fag hags become adult fag hags. Ah, I love it. It (laughs) I love this movie. No, it's and it's supposed
1: to. I know. There is also a. It's a great moment, and it's also like, oh god, damn! Looking back on this as a thirty-two-year-old woman, I'm like, god damn it! He's
0: I'm thirty-three. You're not (laughs) thirty-two.
1: He's shaving a year off, don't worry about it.
0: Me as a <laughs> year
1: old man. <laughs> Me as a a more mature woman than I was the last mature. time I
0: watched this. Yes, Watching yes, that, yes, I was yes. like,
1: <laughs> but I was like, oh god damn it!
0: He really is telling them how it is. But also, I mean, center stage has a similar has the same conversation. Yeah, you know they 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 tell that to Jody in yeah. in the same scene that we talked about similar exact same conversation granted yeah. different words because you know one's about theater the other is about ballet but yeah. exact same where it's like uh uh yeah i love it just being um, just being real but when not, they stop being not polite not... and start getting real yes
1: that's the one
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um Yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, surprisingly, I didn't think about it. There's a lot of things similar between these two movies. Yeah. They, they, they have like performances throughout, which is not necessarily like the core group doing it. So like in center stage, we see Cooper Nielsen and Kathleen Donahue his the at,
1: Kathleen his, Donahue. the
0: Kathleen Donahue, his ex. Do ooh, they do two performances. They do Romeo and Juliet and some other one that I don't know the name of it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, the one where
0: the one where she clearly ADR talks to him with her mouth closed.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> you in so deep trouble. <laughs> yes.
0: And, and then the and then throughout camp, which uh, oh, I'm trying so hard not to talk about the real place that the, that Camp Ovation's based off of. Mm. But like we're, we're both
1: that, avoiding it. We are both we're, talking we're, around I,
0: it. I said it at the top, and we are avoiding it like the plague. <laughs> but the fact that they said that they do two show uh, a show every two weeks, or they. Do a new new crop of shows every two weeks, and then at the end they have a benefit. Mm-hmm. That's wild. But they also don't tell you how long. Like both movies, you don't know how long they're actually there.
1: Yeah, that's a thing that I thought was really interesting. Like obviously, camp, it, it is a summer, so we know like the season it takes place in. We don't know how much of the summer.
0: Right. But like what, we it, have is an it, idea is that it, it's
1: these three months
0: is it two months is it a month and a half right. is it three months
1: but then center stage like we don't even like you don't even get like the requisite like just like oh here's an establishing shot of new york in the christmas time yeah like to show the passage of time this yeah
0: so is it a fall semester is it a right. fall semester intensive is it an actual school year yeah I um so. Can I just say though, I'm surprised that camp is more sexual than, or sexed up than center stage and they are teenagers. <laughs> ah!
1: I do think like, I, I have a lot of appreciation for the way camp does handle the sexuality which I think is very sensitive to how teenagers do relate to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, so, okay, so really Vlad and Jill have sex.
1: Let's be real here. Yes.
0: Yes, and then Mike. Uh, uh, but like, uh, we hear it, and it's heavily implied with the two of them, Michael and D, have sex, but you don't see a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just see her close a door, and then that, and then they go to the next scene in the Canton, yeah. and she uh, describes
1: it a little bit to Vlad, but like not too much detail.
0: The one thing that I never understand, and I need your help with this, Anna Kendrick in that underwear, did she wear it? I don't know. Like, why is she hand washing the underwear? I never understood that.
1: Was a line though, and you know what? As much as Jill is like the bitch of the movie, she was well within her rights to be like, "We are not rooming together
0: anymore." One hundred percent. But I was just, I was confused because, like, is she? I feel like Fritzy has a crush on Jill. I do too, of sorts. Yeah. Like, I, I
1: think it's like a full on like she is very, single white
0: feeling man. Her. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> so I, I think you're right. They don't I don't think there's enough to confirm it, but I would think that that's what happened, that she wore it and she's hand washing it because she doesn't want Jill to know that she wore it.
0: I I mean, it's either that or she's hand-washing it just so she can... mm, This is going to sound really gross, everyone, and I'm sorry I (laughs) thought of it. She's hand-washing it just so she can be closer to Jill, in a way, and... Mm -hmm. uh, It's so weird. (laughs) Anna Kendrick, come on the pod, answer her questions. I still haven't done it on Life's But A Song, Anna Kendrick, so you're more than welcome. Could you... I would die. I would die if she talked about it on my other podcast
1: (laughs) she would if if this got out to her i'm certain that she would be like let's make it happen
0: okay everyone uh we call to action i'll 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 plug it later (laughs) get me anna kendrick get get anna kendrick on life bring me
1: anna kendrick
0: i need the voice of anna kendrick (laughs) (laughs) all right ursula Um. (laughs) Mm -hmm. the other thing that's interesting though about both movies and this isn't really like about the movies it's like around the movies Mm -hmm. that secondary characters are the ones that like blew up after the movie Mm i'm i'm sad to call um zoe saldana a secondary character but she was and i feel like she's the b plot i feel like robin de jesus technically is a secondary character yes I
1: think it kind it, I mean really in both cases because they are the more charismatic and interesting character they draw your attention a little bit more but there is like the focus is supposed to be Jody in center stage and Vlad in
0: camp mm-hmm. and then Anna Kendrick obviously we've done 7,000 times right, right.
1: <laughs> I will say Amanda Schull, who plays Jody, uh, she has gone on to have like a pretty good career in television. Um, but
0: not not n- not Marvel money,
1: not Marvel money. No, uh, no Marvel money for her. no, no Avatar for her. No Star no, Trek for her. No, no none of that.
0: Meanwhile, the guy that played Charlie was in the third movie in the center stage franchise. Good for him. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I... <laughs> he was
1: also in uh, Flesh and Bone, which was a short-lived TV series about a really, really intense and dark, like edgy ballet TV show. And he was in that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know where uh, else to go with this conversation. I'm liking this though, because yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. Like there's so much fun. They ha- They both movies have their own culty status in a way. Yes. Uh,
1: Camp, I would say flat out definitely like a cult movie. There are lots of people who have seen it and love it, but it's not mainstream. Like not enough people to consider it
0: mainstream in any sense. (sighs) Um, Hi, I am one of those people. I don't even, (laughs) I don't know if we have a name though. Like, you know how Glee they're called Gleeks. Are we campers? Are we campers? Are we just campers?
1: sure i yeah. say campers because I'm, camper. yes. <laughs> um, I'm a camper Yes, i'm a camper so center stage uh for at least people around our age uh this came out when we were in like middle school and this was like mm-hmm. a staple for like middle school sleepover parties
0: Right, or this was like one of the
1: go-to movies we would put on when, because like you don't have to sit and watch the whole thing and pay attention to it. You can have it on in the background. You get the story well enough, especially if you've seen it before, and then you can sit and like be like, oh, during like the dance sequences,
0: uh you don't need to forget the steps, dance the shit out of it. Right, gotta watch. You gotta watch canned heat at the end. Uh, It's impossible. It it can't be done in real life. Ever? Oh no, but, but that's why right. it's great. We can pretend, <laughs> right? If she um, didn't have to do the shoe change, we could t- we can maybe argue it could be done in real life. But there was a shoe change that cannot I mean, be done on stage.
1: She her hair goes from loose curls in a headband to a tight pony
0: wig change. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay,
1: okay. fair enough.
0: I fi- I figured out Good the wigs. hair. Good wigs. I figured out the hair. The makeup change. Little bit of an argument. Uh... <laughs> or or somebody's there and has like eyeshadow on their fingers and then just puts it on her eyes and they're like you're good. <laughs> Go. But the
1: shoes, yes, that's the
0: the shoes is what kills it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so
1: this is just kind of a staple for these kinds of movies that do center around the performing arts in the first place but both movies end with a very large er, Mm or relative to what we've seen earlier a large um performance number that culminates in everything that they've learned
0: yes Um, yeah uh well Well, are you, wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about for camp, the one of a nail? Or are you talking about here's where I stand? Because one of of a nail, I would consider it more of a credit of a curtain call song.
1: Okay. See, I wasn't sure how to classify it because Anna Kendrick and um, the girl who plays Jill are not in it. And I had assumed that that was because they were both infirm at that point. So it is like part of the, uh, the universe. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: I guess. Cause it is, but functionally it is a curtain call number.
0: Cause they have, they show you the actor's names yeah. as a, as a Chiron or something. Right. Um, and but... they do
1: do it in order of like oh we'll put vlad ellen and michael last because they were the biggest characters Uh, and we do you know sort of the side character the smaller characters before them um the only reason i say like it has to like still exist within the story of the film is because there's no other reason to not have those two in it except that at that point by the end of the movie injured yeah they're both injured and cannot perform
0: it's so early 2000s and I loved every second of it. The <gasps> glitter in the hair. the gl- I know we're not on my other podcast, but like the glitter in the hair. Come on, give me, it's am. amazing. And then <laughs> I- Michael DeJesus, his face is beat within an inch of its life.
1: Oh, I, um,
0: fabulous.
1: <laughs> I, also- I loved it. <laughs> I will have a soft spot forever for like movies that were made in our youths or TV shows that were produced during our youths where they didn't have much of a costume budget so it's very clearly like the actors brought in some of their own pieces and like- <laughs> Like, I lo- I love that. Like, like one of my favorite things about Degrassi, the next generation, the earlier seasons was that like, it was like, yeah, no, they just went out and bought clothes off the rack for these kids and didn't tailor them because guess what? Regular kids don't have tailors.
0: They, th- they throw a belt on them and say, wear it, bitch. <laughs> a- I-, I would argue something similar happens in center stage. Cause you know, that There's- ugly gray dress that Jody wears at the end. It's hideous. Ooh, ooh, Give me that. Yeah. Ooh,
1: no, that is mm. uh, But then also like, that th- style is low key coming back because we are hitting the 20 year cycle for the early 2000s. Let's elevate it everyone. I know. I mean they are they are better than that particular dress, but some of the like the dresses that they're wearing when they have to like sell the ballet shoes at that like function whatever, uh, uh, that uh, exhibition. Some or of them, the
0: like or- those like
1: or- <laughs> spaghetti strap dresses
0: or the or the or the uh the, the salsa dance.
1: <laughs> they're not, not bad. They're not bad, but those frilly little mini skirts had like a moment in the early 2000s. <laughs> and never again, but it's kind of coming back. It's great that these
0: movies are time capsules for yes. fashion of the time cuz yeah. like <sighs> early Even, like, like just
1: like the makeup and hair trends of the time.
0: Jill with the side ponytail uh, uh, upside ponytail. <laughs> What the fuck was that? I loved it. <laughs> she looked <laughs> Chef's kiss.. You'll ah. never,
1: you will never see that in a big budget movie ever, and certainly not
0: these days. No. And then Anna Kendrick, I was I, I didn't pull pull this for special features because they it was on the IMDB trivia and it was whatever. Um, <laughs> she's she talked about in an essay, talking about the film, the making of camp that like, she wanted to be like the other girls wearing all this makeup and having the best hair and everything. And then she gets there and she's, you know, wearing nothing and they frizz the fuck out of her hair. And so I was just like, that is also quintessential early 2000s. That, that frizzy hair.
1: Yeah. where like, they like brush it out. (laughs) She kind of,
0: she kind of has a, she's all that moment if we're going to compare to another teen movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to make the argument. She kind of does. I mean, yeah, she, she also, do. she also kind of poisoned somebody. So <laughs> but
1: she, she looks great and she's owning that stage after she's poisoned someone.
0: <laughs> she's she, fucked she and the goddamn it. show must go on.
1: Let's get cracking. She, she got the audience to rise.
0: She actually, you know what? I amend what I said earlier. She is the sassiest of sassy to the adults. Mm. Because she literally tells Bert, save it, rummy. (laughs) She's sick. (laughs) Anna Kendrick was 16 years old when she filmed this movie. (sighs) Tony Award nominee, Anna Kendrick. (laughs) She's the best. She has the best... Lines in that movie. I fucking love her, Anna she, Kendrick. Please come on my podcast, other podcasts, or this one. One of my podcasts. Come on, <laughs> come on, dude, come on. Talk about just, just talk about your life. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I just want to hang out with her.
0: I just want to hang out with her. Yeah. Um, th- there's also a thing to be said, real quick, mm-hmm. that the gay male characters, a lot of them are people of color in both movies. Yes. We have Eric in um, center stage.
1: Yes, Eric Jones, stage name Eric O. Jones after Oprah. She's his idol.
0: Mm-hmm. And then in uh, camp, it's everyone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Except for but, Brad. And glad the,
1: more. who's already like the token white guy, and now he's the token straight guy.
0: Straight? Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's the token white guy because we still have that like shorter kid. There's
1: that short kid. You're right
0: and then there's that other one where for michael's drag birthday brunch thing uh i thought it was vlad at first and then i remembered it. it's not him it's another right. white guy yeah anyway With the tugboat you-
1: <laughs> so that actually just uh reminded me both of these movies have a birthday party scene
0: there is a birthday party scene um we talked about the like uh, the the culmination to something at the end scene. Right? Um, God, could you imagine them remaking these movies? I feel like there would have been there there will be an uproar if that happens.
1: Yes. Uh, no. These movies, like the the fan bases these movies have, are too dedicated to stand for that.
0: Um, unless you're just using the name and that's it. Which but they like gave even her that. two
1: center stage sequels, but those are lesser. At least center stage is such a basic concept that they did basically remake it as an Australian TV show and gave it a different name. And it's really great, but it's largely the same stock characters, a lot of the same through lines and everything. Uh, it's a show called Dance Academy that lasted for three seasons in Australia. And it's very easy to just be like, all right, so... This character is this one from center stage. This character is this one from center stage. They have similar storylines, blah, blah, blah. But it totally works because it doesn't feel like a ripoff of center stage because the premise is already so basic and so stock.
0: Can can I say also for camp, the last bit of trivia on IMDb was that it was like a precursor for Glee. And I went, oh, why did Mm. somebody write that? (laughs) But, But like, I can i mean again there are the stock characters you know there's the you have the token gay you um the token gay that has a name and a few scenes i should say you have (laughs) the white girl lead you have the the black girl that sings like you know sings the house down boots and everything you have the straight white guy that wants to be in the performing arts so like you can cut. You can kind of make parallels, but like, I don't. Know. Totally I think it ends different. there. I think it ends there with that, right? Yeah. I feel like we're done. We're are we done comparing these two? We're done.
1: Uh, the, lots we, of montages in both of them.
0: I, but that's a thing and everything. So <laughs> yeah. you have to pass time somehow. Uh, okay, let's get into the oh, I almost said the wrong thing again. Let's get <laughs> into special features. <laughs> special features. Woo! In this section, we each <laughs> took a movie to do further research. For some trivia, fun facts, in the hopes of uh, one-upping each other, shocking each other, and you. But really, I want to shock Shady. That's what always my goal when it comes to special features, and it will always be my goal. And I think I said the same thing twice, and I'm not. Ca- I don't care anymore. Shady, <laughs> you had center stage, and since that movie came out first, why don't you go first?
1: All right. Well, this was a really easy one to do special features for because this movie has enough of a cult following and a big enough cult following that for its 20th anniversary nearly 2 years ago vulture actually published an article written by Chloe on an- Chloe Ongyal Ongyal I am so sorry Chloe if I said your name wrong we've said she's, a lot of, we've said a lot of names wrong
0: she's judging us hardcore <laughs> she's writing she's writing a very pointed angry letter right now to us.
1: <laughs> so she actually wrote an oral history of center stage, how 24 pairs of leather pants, a tearaway tutu, and red point shoes made for a generation's greatest dance movie. <laughs> um, and she, she interviewed a bunch of the key crew members, a bunch of the cast members, and they told the story of the making of center stage. And there's a lot of really, really fun stuff in here. Um,
0: we'll share it. How's that sound? We'll just yeah. we'll, I mean you, you could you could read uh, I don't know if you were gonna list some things off of it, but like we'll share the link somewhere.
1: Yeah I mean there's it's it's a pretty it's a, like a pretty in-depth uh, oral history and everything. Um, they talk to producers, the director, screenwriter, most of the key cast members um One thing that I thought was definitely worth mentioning is, where all of these cast members came from. So obviously you have, you know, Peter Gallagher, Donna Murphy, just veteran actors um, who are playing former dancers and current instructors who do not need to actually be seen dancing in the movie.
0: But Donna Murphy is a dancer, or at least a Broadway dancer.
1: She performs on Broadway. She had zero ballet training before this
0: movie. Well, I didn't say ba- I didn't say ballet. I said dancer. So like right, she can, but- she can move
1: she can move.
0: She can move, but she's not a... A different
1: doing Broadway dances than belt like classical ballet. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually, I think, I, don't, I didn't highlight this, so I don't feel like looking for it, but I believe she actually ended up taking a few ballet classes to try to learn what a teacher and instructor would need to look mm-hmm. like and stand like even when they're not dancing themselves. Most of the cast is uh, just... Professional dancers who who were pulled right out of professional companies. Ethan Stiefel and Julie Kent were already principal dancers uh, at, um, I believe, the American Ballet Company. That doesn't um,
0: exist. It's ABT. ABT. That's
1: the, that's the one I meant. <laughs> I got American, ABC.
0: American Ballet Company is the fictionalized <laughs> yeah. version of ABT. I
1: got yeah. them flipped in my head. Yes, ABT. They were principal dancers at ABT. They actually, uh, had performed Romeo and Juliet together multiple times (laughs) before filming this movie, which is why they chose that because it was like, all right, they can already do it and they can adapt it for a camera crew. (laughs) Sasha Radetzky, who played Charlie, uh, was also working. I believe he was dancing with ABT at the time. And that's where they held most of their auditions for a lot of the parts, um, and he went on to be a principal dancer for the Dutch National Theater, um, Dutch Until National. Until he Theater.
0: went back for the the second sequel for Center Stage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all got to retire from dance at some point.
0: It's true, yes. I,
1: I retired from ballet when I was four years old. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they were all like principal dancers. Amanda Scholl, who played Jody. She was dancing with the San Francisco Ballet Company. Uh, She was not a principal, um, but she was trained. Yeah, she's trained to be even a choral dancer. It's like insane. Um, She was also like fairly young. So she was still like very new. Um, Here's a fun fact. You know how in the beginning, Jody's mom says something to her about like, oh, you could go to Indiana. They have a good dance program. That is a reference to Amanda Scholl's actual education. She went to Indiana on a ballet scholarship.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, she danced with them after this movie for several more years, uh, eventually retired and returned to acting. She does a lot of television now.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. cause I feel like you're go you're getting here, but i i, I want i want to I want to skip ahead for a hot second. Zoe Saldana is the only one that wasn't like trained, trained like she was trained enough.
1: She Zoe Saldana had like pre-professional. They they describe it as pre-professional ballet training, uh, dance training, which means like she did dance like as a kid and into her teens. Because um, like, like she's
0: she's on point a few times. We see right. we see her on point, right.
1: She also does have a dance double though for the more difficult stuff, particularly Jonathan's oh, ballet at the end uh, when it's zoomed out. That is her dance double.
0: But but like the scenes that we see her on point, that was her being like, oh God, dust off this this talent. Ha-ha. <laughs> and also correct me if I'm wrong, this was her film debut.
1: She, uh, from what I can find, she had previously done a commercial and got a SAG card from that commercial. This was her first real role. Uh, TV or film
0: yeah
1: damn um so I am going to correct you that she was she was not the only one who was primarily an actor and not a dancer Susan May Pratt was not a dancer whatsoever she and she was at the time of the team cast anyway the most experienced actor she was in drive me crazy um 10 things I hate about you
0: thank you uh
1: She, and she'd done like some other stuff. Back, those are like the two that are still somewhat famous. <laughs> um, but she had zero dance training at all. And if you notice, for all they talk about how Maureen is the best dancer at the school, you never see her never dance. You see her dance. The most you see her do is a port-a-bras. And it's like a close-up, so you only like it's it's a medium close-up of just her chest up. So all you see is the actual the our that. movements. You don't see her legs whatsoever. You just see that, and then the other characters going, "Oh, she's so good!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so can it- I just real quick too? Mm-hmm. I forgot to say this earlier when we were talking about the movies together. Mm-hmm. Um. Both, and we do this all the time. Welcome back to podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, both movies have exposition dumping in the form of gossip. Oh yeah, because you were talking—you are talking about how Maureen is never really dancing or anything, and that the scenes with her and her mom, the scene with her and her mom in the beginning, where they're talking about people and emily and all that like you, you get some backstory from gossip yeah. and then they gossip about cooper nielsen and kathleen don the, uh, kathleen donahue. the kathleen
1: donahue uh small point too because bert in camp is an alcoholic which we see multiple times and they say cooper nielsen was drinking like a fish for some point so
0: he was, Wait, yeah, was what <laughs>
1: They they say like when he ran off to London after the Kathleen Donahue left him for Jonathan, they were like he, he drank like a fish and screwed everyone in tights or something
0: like that. See Jody Sawyer for reference. Uh, do you have any other do you have any other special features that you want to mention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
1: yes. <laughs> uh, Ilya Kulik, who played Sergey, um, was a professional figure skater and an Olympic gold medalist before he did this movie. So obviously he has dance training because that's part of figure skating training, um, but he was never officially a dancer. He did dance as a corollary, uh, as a supplement for the figure skating. And then Shakeem Evans who played Eric was also not a dancer whatsoever. And again, someone who you really don't see dance much at all. <laughs>
0: You don't see him, dan- you see him dance. You see him dance the salsa. Like, yeah,
1: he does the salsa. You see like a couple things in the class, but nothing like super technical. He is again, like similar, similar lines with Maureen. He's supposed to be so good that he got accepted to the company without even performing. <laughs> so we just have to take their word for it that Maureen and Eric are the best dancers anyone at this school has ever seen. Oh my so God. good. That it's just a guarantee they're going to be in the company. And they're the two who are played by people with zero dance experience. Um, I also wanted to point out that the jazz dance teacher, who we love, we love her. That's well, Pris- oh, yeah. yeah. That's Priscilla Lopez, who is famous for playing uh, Diana in Chorus Line. Original
0: cast. <gasps> Shut the fuck up.
1: So, like, that's, again, somebody with a really strong jazz Broadway specific uh dance background um and that's part of why she's like so great because she's she is a performer she knows how to draw attention
0: Uh, I hate you (laughs) (laughs)
1: um oh my gosh there is so much I could talk about with regards to this movie um like that's just like that was just the first thing I had written down was everyone's background (laughs) as far as dance and acting um (laughs) i don't want to take up too much time we will link to that oral history um yeah
0: (laughs) in the in the show notes i think i'll I'll put the link and we'll put the link in there yeah um okay i I will
1: say also there are a lot of uh professional dancers who have said that portions of this movie are very similar to what they experienced at high level dance academies and there are I don't know that it's styled this way in particular, but there are sort of transitional sort of training programs that dancers can do once they're out of high school, but they're not quite ready to be professional dancers. But I don't really know what that system looks like in like a real like day-to-day functional way.
0: Well, if you the listener knows you can write in we'll do the socials later yeah. um can i talk about camp now please yes, 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 so um i don't know if you know this because it took me a while to realize this but there's a mid-credit and post-credit scene scenes yep i always
1: watch through the credits regardless of the movie
0: i think so i've been watching this movie for the past 20 years right I think today is the first time I've watched the post-credit, the final post-credit scene, which was the interview with a former male camper dressed as Barbara Streisand. I don't know who that is. There was nothing on the internet that told me anything. (laughs) I was very upset. The internet failed me. But the mid-credit scene is um, uh, Anna Kendrick and the little white boy i don't know his name doing <laughs> a scene from who's afraid of virginia wolf yes. which brings that's me that was which brings me into this fun factoid all the plays and musicals are not meant for children that are presented in <laughs> this movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's but, one of my favorite things about this movie is all of them are inappropriate and that's like such a good running joke
0: well also, okay I've, Okay, here's my <laughs> argument though. Here is my argument for this. The camp that this is based on is Stage Durham Manor. Mm-hmm. Duh. We've, we've talked about it. We talked about how we both work there and everything. Mm-hmm. My first summer, I did company mm-hmm. and they do company in this movie. Yeah. So you can do it with, but like with the older kids.
1: Right. Which is what
0: the majority of this cast is.
1: Right. And I will say, like, Stage Door does that a lot, where they do shows that the kids are playing much older characters, and a lot of them, you know, they have to sign waivers to say that they're okay with certain kinds of content, because it's some of them, they deal with very mature content. Um, You know, like, they've done Spring Awakening before, uh, which I believe...
0: They were were the ones that... um, were the tryout for the the is it the high school edition or the school edition or something like that I th- yeah i think it's called the school edition the school edition i don't it's not like junior because they right. <laughs> you know but you know it's the quote teen friendly version of high of spring awakening they it's also so, it,
1: they don't they don't get naked
0: they don't get, <laughs> we also when i was there we also did uh bloody bloody andrew jackson mm-hmm. um They've done Heathers, they've done Toxic Avenger, they've done a lot of uh, things that are more adult in subject right. and, or, and everything. Uh, but they usually gear that towards this 17, 18, sometimes 16, maybe a 15 year old. Right. Well, but, part of
1: their thing too is they want to push these kids to do material that's more complex than what they would do at their high school. Right. So, like a big thing with stage Door is they haven't done Greece in like decades because everybody fucking knows Greece. And when they do the shows, a lot of the shows that they do that are also pretty popular with high schools, those are usually the you know w- baby shows where like the youngest kids do them, like Bye Bye bird. right? Bye bye bye. Tends yeah, to be the younger kids,
0: or um, or we- or the Into the Woods Junior, which is only Act One.
1: <laughs>
0: it's <Right. laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so crazy, I love it. <laughs>
1: Um, so, like, while it is like a funny joke in the movie that they're doing these like wildly inappropriate it compared to these kids like realistic experiences, um, these shows that wouldn't really jive with that. It is true to stage door manner to a degree.
0: So, one of the shows that is also apparently very adult is Night Mother, and the when Fritzy like reintroduces herself at the beginning to Jill. That's a joke because in Night Mother, there's only two characters. <gasps> there's only two actors in the show.
1: So she forgot her only co star.
0: Yes. <laughs> in, the, in the course of a school year.
1: Oh, oh my God, that's such a good joke.
0: Thank you, IMDb, for that.
1: <gasps> Wait, I have a question. Uh huh. That Midnight Sun play, like, experimental show that they do in what is the Garden Theater? Is that real or is that made up? Because
0: I don't I went know.
1: I went against my better judgment, even though this was your movie to do research on. I was so curious that I googled it, and I could not find anything about a play called Midnight Sun.
0: Well, you know, I googled um, Children's Crusade because uh. I was intrigued. You know, like it, it, like it seemed like it was a little too like it could have been a real thing, or like I would have found. The the internet, again, failed me, but (laughs) it is and it isn't a real show. So what's what? Yes, exactly. That face that you're making, that that puzzled face that you're making. The (laughs) the 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 children's crusade crusade that is presented to us in camp does not exist. However, there are shows called the Children's Crusade that do exist in the world that are musicals or play plays with music, um, that I found online, and it is wild. And it <laughs> I it's n- n- not by Bert Hanley. Um,
1: <laughs> is it not by a fictional man?
0: It's not by a fictional man. No. So that the. The song that they're supposed to do for, or no, they don't do a song from Children's Crusade. They just do one of his unproduced songs. That's right.
1: Right, yeah. Um, I thought that was like a trunk
0: song, right? Oh, Century Plant. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so Children's Crusade does not exist. I also read that the band that's in the the musicians Uh are musicians who played for uh, Rent on Broadway. Oh, cool. And then also, okay, I have to talk about the shady. I know, I hope you know what I'm going to bring up now. Um, there was a sequel in the works. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, As I don't think it's happening, but I, what I found on the Wikipedia page is that the idea of this sequel was that this movie was a movie and so they were going to the real camp ovation
1: so they so, were new nightmaring it
0: basically they that's were what i west,
1: west craven's new nightmaring it
0: that's what i read <laughs> online okay okay so um that's really all i could find surprisingly that you know it's such a cult hit i mean also at uh I, I kind of want to read this Anna Kendrick essay that she wrote because <gasps> there was a there was another thing on it where um, she that she says that either no one's heard of this or it or it's people who um, say that this movie like affected their lives in like the right ways at the right time and they want to gush over it. There's mm-hmm. no in between. Mm. So that's
1: funny. Uh, you know- I feel like
0: that might be in her book.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. I which we're
0: plugging right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Free advertisement. Come on the pod, Anna. Sc-
0: scrappy little nobody. Come on the pod, Anna, please. Uh, no that, one picked it yet.
1: That does kind of tie into something else. Um, I didn't even really have this written down. It was just uh, something that really stood out to me reading that oral history on center stage. That Amanda Scholl has said she's had dancers come up to her and talk to her about that movie and say showing this to my parents helped them understand why I want to dance.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And she said that it's especially touching to hear that from male dancers because it's unusual in American culture. Anyway, we view it as unusual that a, a boy would want to dance.
0: I'm very surprised by the way, that both movies, there aren't a lot more like the The careers of the actors didn't explode as much. Yeah. With the um, student cast, quote unquote, I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, again, the ones who were professional dancers already in center stage went on like it was like it didn't even affect their dancing careers whatsoever. They went on the same trajectory that they were already on, which is great because it could have been a hindrance to them
0: i meant like act even acting careers
1: right yeah it's um susan may pratt what has she been in lately and she was no idea she was in a lot of stuff at that time
0: i mean sasha allen was in the revival of hair and then that was it yeah i was very upset because i i love her voice anyway let's get into final (laughs) thoughts So, so we end it each episode Asking the same five questions It's been a minute since we've done this Let's see if we remember what, how, <laughs> how, how to do this uh, Can you name any other Movies like these The same
1: I was gonna say that <laughs> I kind of Watching these I was like wait why didn't we do this With fame
0: Oh cause we don't want to remember its name Anyway <laughs>
1: Also, that was that was nineteen eighty. Totally different than early two thousands.
0: We could have done the remake. Oh uh, no, let's not do the remake.
1: Um, also, I have never actually seen Camp Rock, but I assume it's similar to Camp. <laughs> Neither unseen. have I. Uh, have you like se- I, I- have you
0: seen Lemonade Mouth? Is that sim? Is that in the same vein?
1: N- in the sense that these kids find a creative outlet through performing and some of them have to convince their parents. It's a good idea. Yes. But there's, that's like more of a high school drama where they happen to be in or not drama, but drama comedy where they happen to be in a band.
0: Can we include high school musical in this kind of. Sure. Kind of. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, like well, I yes cuz said-
0: cuz Troy does have to con- like kind of convince his dad that he wants to be in the play.
1: Yeah, and he's got to convince his friends who are all like that's not what boys do. We're jocks. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, nah.
0: And then Corbin Blue like, you know, dances circles around everyone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> cuz he's oh, Corbin yeah. Blue.
1: Oh yeah, that guy doesn't dance. Um I don't
0: I, I'm going to sing a whole song in the sequel saying I don't dance. Meanwhile, I'm going to do a Two-minute dance break. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna do the jitterbug the whole time.
0: <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> did, uh, so did we like these movies? Uh yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Would we watch them again? I'm about to rewatch <laughs> camp probably after <laughs> I'm this.
1: About to rewatch center
0: stage. <laughs> Would we recommend them? Now, if you haven't seen center stage by now and you're mm of a certain age will say if you're a millennial <laughs> who hasn't seen center stage what the hell is wrong with you i can understand not seeing camp because it's an indie film that everyone has heard of it
1: yeah no that that's like a true like that's a bit of a deep cut
0: yeah i will i will recommend camp if, uh, but I if you're what,
1: a, like fide theater geek you have to see camp
0: you have to see camp but like um I'm gonna also add the caveat of like, just remember it came out in 2003. <laughs> mm,
1: yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes. For both of them. I do think there are parts of center stage that if you're not like super into the dance sequences, it's it's gonna be so long. There's There's yeah. a lot of stopping the rest of the movie for dance sequences. And if you like dance sequences, great, because they're fantastic. If and, that's like, not your bag,
0: Cooper Nielsen's, you know, wrap-up 20
1: dance. 20-minute ba- ballet.
0: That ba- That is... Ri- ha! <laughs> <laughs> It is it's, rehashing it's, what you just watched in the movie, basically. But,
1: but it's great because the, the the justification in the movie is that he's telling the story that happened before the movie started between him and the Kathleen Donahue and Jonathan. But it also reflects what's happening with him and Jody and Charlie, who are as well the as dance.
0: the Kathleen Donahue and Jonathan.
1: The <laughs> Kathleen Donahue. And I think she kind of looks like a gerbil
0: the (laughs) Kathleen Donahue. (laughs)
1: Who the hell are you?
0: And finally, are they actually the same? I am 90% sure they are the same. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's enough differences that I don't want to give it a too hard of a yes, but I'm going to give it a hard. Yes.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, no, the, the, the story and the style of it even though one clearly had like studio backing and the other didn't (laughs) um but otherwise the styling and the framing of the story and everything is just so similar the big difference is that one of them cast actual teenagers to play younger teens and the other one cast 20 somethings to play older teens young 20s
0: god i hope 18 God, I hope she's eighteen years old.
1: This this, this is suddenly a very different movie if she's not eighteen yet. So she has to be eighteen.
0: She has to be eighteen years old (laughs) at least. Yes. Oh God! But so, are you saying? Yes, Yes. They're
1: they're they're the same.
0: But the, 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 there's still a lot of differences between right. the two of them. But like, there it's they're it's the not same. like other movies we've done where it's like, yes, they're going to have the same movie. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, just the fact that one is focused on primarily musical theater and the other one is strictly ballet—that's a difference. Right.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, the, but the, the story the, is the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about a group of ragtag teens. I mean, you no, be Age to be determined. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, somewhere it's, between
1: it's a- five and eight teenagers and some of the people surrounding them.
0: It's it's their ensemble movies where there's a lead person. <laughs> Uh, the end.
1: <laughs> it's been a while, you guys.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy, we're on our A-game tonight.
1: John, I didn't even get into a show I've watched about a Russian princess who time travels and also studies ballet in Paris at, like, the Paris
0: Opera House. Avatar The Last Airbender, right? <laughs> Punch <Puts> drunk! Yeah! <laughs> podcasting <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of how did this get made I'm so sorry everyone if I, I... sound like Jason Manzukis, but that's my goal in life now I'm gonna be Jason Manzukis. I'm podcasting now we're on to plugging things um I'm going to plug my my other podcast that Shady has been on a couple of times it's called life's but a song uh we just dis- uh, it's me and a and a new guest every episode discussing either musical movies or musical TV shows. Uh, we <laughs> recently, we recently just, we, I say we, it's me. <laughs> uh, recently, my hundredth episode came out. So <gasps> take a listen to that. We, when we do a milestone episode, like 50, like every 50 episodes, uh, we break format and do something different. So for one episode 100, it was uh, theme songs, talking about theme songs and, and things. So um, yeah, go have a listen. There's some familiar voices that were on this podcast that are on there. And um, yeah, the socials for that is at Buttersong Pod. Um, usually on here, I plug my Twitter. Um, I don't really use it, <laughs> but I will still plug it. It's at movies, John. Uh, Shady, what is what, 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 what do you want to plug?
1: I, I don't know. I will plug my Twitter at Cookie O Shady.
0: Can I, can I prompt you to plug something and you can totally edit it out and say that you want to plug it yourself? Sure. You're letterboxed.
1: Uh, <laughs> sure, I'll plug my letterbox. Yeah, um, Letterbox. Yeah, I don't even remember like what my handle or whatever on Letterbox is. Um, Cookie I, I, or Shady. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write too many reviews, and certainly not too many long form reviews. Uh, but you can track what I'm watching and my my out of five star ranking for it.
0: <laughs> nice. Shady, what kind of dessert are you?
1: I had cheesecake today, and you are what you eat. So I'm cheesecake.
0: <laughs> All right, golden girl. Um, and if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email us at vu pod at gmail.com. Do I need to spell it? Yes. I'm gonna, I'm, okay. You ready? You ready? You ready? I'm ready. That is. M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com uh, We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod and we're on Twitter, uh, allegedly at <laughs> Movie Deja Vu <laughs>
1: I'm going to start updating that again I have to log back in <laughs> I'm going to start uh, using it again
0: Sure, we're on there <laughs> i mean it's been a while it's It's fine it's fine it's fine uh we're it's at movie deja vu no pod why is that shady um
1: because the pod was kicked out because its form were not perfect
0: oh no every everyone (laughs) we are
1: the monsters
0: we uh well shady is i i I don't want to be lumped (laughs) into this uh everyone is beautiful in their own way shape and form
1: all right, John uh, gets to be Donna Murphy. I'm Peter Gallagher.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> tell us what you thought about uh, your thoughts. Did we miss something? Do you wanna? Do you wanna? I don't know. Tell Anna Kendrick to come onto my podcast. I mean, tell
1: Anna Kendrick to come on the pod. Uh, tell me if you also watched that weird show about a Russian time traveling princess who studies ballet at a, and also mm-hmm. is in an underground hip hop dance group and also speaks with a British accent. Uh, the Witcher, the- right? yes <laughs>
0: the witcher great right. i knew it oh no wait this is game of thrones you're describing that's it got it
1: Listen, it had a better final season than game of thrones did oh snap oh
0: oh god we're... Take
1: game of thrones season eight was bad nobody else we're... has ever said that
0: god we're talking forever i'm so sorry future shady for with, with your editing of this you're gonna have so much fun um and if you want to be Part of next episode's conversation. We're doing another sequel remake. We're coming back real strong. We're coming we're back be... with
1: with what, John? What are we coming back with?
0: Diehard.
1: Oh. Event.
0: Uh, <laughs> we're coming back with event. What <laughs> coming
1: back with a vengeance because we're doing Die Hard and Die oh, Hard, <laughs> hard
0: 2. Oh, oh God, I need to go to. I need to. I need to lie down.
1: <laughs> die Hard with a Vengeance, but that's a different one, right? That's like the third one or something.
0: The fifth one, I don't know.
1: One of one of the ones we're not doing is called Die Hard with a Vengeance.
0: I don't know. We're doing the one with Alan Rickman, and then the second one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got merry christmas motherfuckers uh just full
1: disclosure for whatever nonsense i have left in while editing we recorded this started recording this at midnight
0: and now it is 147 in the morning
1: (laughs) so we're we're punch
0: drunk we're punch (laughs) drunk uh okay so shady um until next time let's just say bye Bye to everyone. Bye for now, everyone. Bye, everyone.